Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Conversations. Today we have Jonathan Pritchard. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for taking the time being on my show. Jonathan is, or do you want me to call you John? Do you have a preference? I do have a preference for Jonathan. It's the, it's the syllables. Uh, if, if you use one syllable, clearly not talking to me. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so Jonathan is a mentalist. Can you tell me what your definition of a mentalist is? Like, what do you, what? do how would you explain it to a kindergartner? Oh, <laughs> let me see. There are kind of two approaches. Um a mentalist is somebody who uses applied psychology, showmanship, and moxie to make it look like they can read minds, predict the future, and do other kind of psychic-related stuff. But you're but, never, like, saying that you're for sure reading people's minds. You just... Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I make zero claims to ha really have the mojo, right? Yeah. I, I'm not like, oh, my grandma was psychic and I got struck by <laughs> lightning one day and, and then I could hear voices. It, nothing like that. That's why I say it's applied psychology, communication skills. That's it. Okay. And and then another way of putting it is kind of like, imagine if, if you're a full-time magician, you went to get your master's degree in magic. And then if you were like, hey, let me go get my PhD in mind reading tricks, then you would be a mentalist. Okay. I love the combination of those two things. Like yeah. I couldn't wait to talk to you. Um, and, and I had seen you on a different podcast and you were talking about how you watched the Johnny Carson show. Yeah. And I was, I wanted to be Johnny Carson. So this is like the perfect storm right here. Me and you, you're the <laughs> magician awesome. and I am the, yeah, I love that show, but I also love magic very much. And I know you were into art and stuff too. So we're very like-minded that way. Did you do well in school, like regular school? Kind of. <laughs> um, I'm... I'm kind of too smart for my own good sometimes. So I, I didn't do well in the, we have to move at the speed of the slowest person in the class yeah. kind of thing. So I wound up kind of being a troublemaker, but not in any malicious way. It was just, well, it's time for me to enter entertain myself. Let me, <laughs> let me be distracting here. Right. Yeah. And there was, there was some, like there were some classes where it was so low effort where the teacher had worksheets and then the tests came from the worksheets and being a magician in training, I, I learned how to be sneaky real early and <laughs> I'm, I'm not proud of it, but I'm kind of proud of it where <laughs> we would have to swap our worksheets with, with somebody. So it was always between me and my best friend. And then we would say, how many do you want to miss today? Like, <laughs> oh, I think I missed two. Like, okay, good. So we would go through the the whole class. Would, uh, the person over there would take question one. Then the per next person take question two. Okay. So we could work out, all right, which one are we going to get? And then we'd just guess. And then would be like, uh, the answer on this one says C. And they'd be like, oh, it's really D. And like, oh, Ben, how could you? You missed this one. <laughs> right? So without having to do any of the work, we would get the the answer key and we'd fill it out. So we're technically cheating. Right. And then the tests came from those worksheets. 
So all we would do is read the question and only look at the correct answer. Not even, <laughs> not even to digest the information, but purely as pattern recognition. Right. So then we would look at the test and barely have to read the question. It would just look like the same thing. And only one answer even feels remotely familiar. Right. Not that it's the correct answer. It just none of this. I, I've never seen any of this except this one, maybe. So we'd circle <laughs> that one and then we'd get a perfect score on the tests. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is starting young. Well, yeah. How did you? OK, so you you always <laughs> loved magic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, let's just go off topic here for a second. Pee Wee Herman passing away like that movie was one of my favorite movies ever. And one of my favorite parts was when he went into that magic shop and all the different you know what I'm talking about, all the different I, props and stuff. I do know what you're talking about, but I I didn't grow up with them. I was a pastor's kid and my parents wouldn't let me watch anything like that. <laughs> so I I was supremely out of out of phase with popular culture like I my favorite we didn't have a tv until i was about nine years old and even then it was a 12 inch screen black and white with rabbit ear antenna and since i grew up in the mountains north carolina it got one channel nbc right. barely so i i was out of the loop on popular culture until after the gulf war and we didn't get like cable tv until about 2000 or so oh my gosh what in the world did they think about you getting into the, all of this magic, you know? Yeah. Weirdly, they, they loved it, right? Like they, my, my parents, I couldn't have asked for better parents. They, they always <laughs> made me feel loved and wanted, right? Which is a sense of security that most people don't grow up with nowadays. Right. Right. And, and my dad worked in factories for like 12, 14 hour days standing on concrete. And my mom was a secretary and they both said, look, if this makes you happy, what's the worst that could happen? You could get a factory job. I right. don't want you. I don't want you to. You're smart. Go. I want you to have a better job. But if that means you're doing it from doing magic tricks, cool. Go go do that. So oh, I awesome. always had that kind of buy in and support from my parents instead of a I don't want you to grow up working at a factory like me. So you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. It was never, never that. It was more, we want you to be happy with your life. You've got your whole life to work. So just whatever, Jonathan, go oh, that's do it. Awesome. Do you have siblings? I do. I've got a, a brother who's four years older than me and then a half brother who's a couple more years older than that. Okay. I bet they get a kick out of it. I mean, what you do is amazing. Like, I I love where you're taking it, and we'll get into that. But I just love – so was it your parents that gave you your first magic kit? Is that where you got inspired? Yeah, Dad got it for me. It was either for Christmas or my birthday. And and I've asked him fairly recently, too. I'm like, what possessed you to get me a magic kit? What? Because the timeline was kind of goofy. I couldn't really remember because it was so dang long ago. Yeah. And, and he goes, no, no, I bought you the kit first which I thought would wind up in the trash a couple of days <laughs> later. And here it's a year later and you're still working with it. And he goes, I guess he likes magic tricks. Oh and then that's when they started letting me stay up late to watch Carson whenever a magician would be on and, and that kind of thing. Okay. So yeah. did you um, do card tricks or what, what kind of stuff were you doing when you were like 
working on people. Oh, I yeah. think a baby. Yeah, oh. she she is making herself known. She's Oh my she's gosh, a I love it. I love babies. <laughs> um yeah, so what what did you start doing? Yeah, uh card trick stuff uh with rubber bands, coins, uh illusions you could build from cardboard, basically the the whole the whole gamut. And and card tricks tended to be good um because a deck of cards is relatively inexpensive, easy to find, easy to right. carry around. So that tends to be what you use the most. And then uh, there's this really kind of weird idea in that no matter what kind of magic trick you're thinking about, you can do some version of it with a deck of cards. So it's, huh. it's kind of an infinitely blank canvas of potential for whatever skill you want to demonstrate in the realm of magic. So well, you could say I'm good at gambling and you could do second deal demonstrations and, and that kind of thing. Or you could go, I'm a mind reader. Take any card from the deck that's in your hands. There's no way I can make you take one. Take a look at it. Put it back in. You mix it up behind your back and you're thinking of the six of diamonds. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. So whatever whatever skill you want to demonstrate, you can do it with the card trick. So is it uh, an optical illusion or how? Well, you probably can't say. I don't know. <laughs> how How is it that you are you do, reading people's um, body language or you how are you? How are you figuring it out? What to do? <laughs> yeah, to some extent, body language does factor in because I've been doing the same stuff for 35 years now. And I've got a really good understanding of what your reaction to this thing is. And what that means for the next thing I want to do. Okay. So body language reading helps me understand who would be a good participant for this particular kind of demonstration. Do you like doing like big groups of people or is that or are you better like one on one? What's your favorite? My favorite is in front of an audience of 3000 people like I oh. I love big audiences because one, you're entertaining more people. So the the value is bigger right I've, yeah. i'm getting i'm getting a hundred times more laughs per minute right with an audience that's a hundred times bigger but also there there are just certain things that you can do in a more formal theater setting than what you could do one-on-one -on -one even but counterpoint to that yeah you can you can just destroy somebody's life one-on-one -on -one, and that's kind of fun so if if I'm on a plane and talking to people, I can just wreck their whole reality for the rest of their life. And that has a certain amount of allure to it. Yeah. Well, and like it has to take tons of practice to make it look so effortless. Thank you. That 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 is my favorite word of all time is sprezzatura, which is a studied carelessness to do something that requires extraordinary effort. Oh my gosh. Was that made up that word made up for a magic for illusion and stuff like that? Or what? No, that no, it's <laughs> just Italian. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's the origin of it. And it is that kind of blase. Oh, this old thing when you're really having to work <laughs> really hard and you're just like, Oh, it's, Oh, this is easy for me. And everybody goes, Holy crap. This guy's amazing. Like that's, that's what I like. 
Yeah, well, yeah, because that then it does look effortless. It's like you were just born to do it. You were just exactly. It's just, wow, wow, wow. Did, did you go on America's Got Talent? I did. I did. And and that was uh, a crazy four, six months of my life. And there's a whole lifetime's worth of lessons in there. Uh, I think like my segment technically a minute, uh, like a, a second and a half made it to a commercial. So oh. my agent was like, you were on it. You were on it. Tell people you were on it. It's like, <laughs> all right, fine. So it is, it oh, is technically true. Yeah. It is technically true, but the spirit of it is <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> well, how many people were in the audience there? Yeah, that was 3,000. Okay, but you yeah. loved it. You, I mean, yeah, you it was so much fun. It was so much I, fun. I, I got 3,000 people chanting, let him through, let him through. Because oh. it came down to a, like a split decision, how he said no. Mel B uh, was the the deciding factor because uh, Howard Stern and Heidi Klum both said yes. And if Mel B said no, then it'd be tied and I wouldn't go through. So she was the deciding factor. And, and I appealed to the audience and they all chanted, let him through. So oh. Mel B said, yeah, it's a yes for me. And and uh, so I got I got through to the next round, but the producers never called me. So that's a oh. thing that could happen, which is and it, oh god, it's so brilliant. Like it's a brilliant machine that they've got that will chew you up because they don't ever tell you that you're not coming back, but they all say, "Oh, you performers need to stick together and encourage each other. So find each other's social media and and share." anything that's going on so that it's all a big community. They're getting user generated content. They're getting you as a social media influencer for free because you think that you're getting a call back from the producers. And now it's months later and now they're into the live shows. And wait a minute, I'm not on the live show. So I guess, uh, (laughs) I guess I'm not going to (laughs) be. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so crazy. They they do. They get that stuff figured out. Oh yeah. It 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 was it was remarkable to be going through the process and see the process and have my eyes open through the whole thing. Cause I've been in this world long enough to to not think that this is my big break. That I'm gonna be a millionaire from this. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down. Just settle down, man. No, thank you. So as as they were pulling these shenanigans, I was just like, well, that's really smart. Uh, I wonder when they figured that out. That's that's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably some. Well, this is a good segue, Jonathan. A lot of people are probably those kinds of minds that work that way. And now you are entering or you have entered the business scene and helping businesses and salespeople and stuff. So what made you decide to do that? Money. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, I love like, that. <laughs> ge- like genuinely, my deep, deep conviction is that business can be the best way to make the world a better place. And I don't mean that in some kind of hippie way. Right. I mean that in a literal Business is a sustainable way of making the world a better place because all the employees get money to help their families and take care of the people that they love. The CEO right. benefits when the, the company does better. The, the customers and clients of that business are better off because they're getting better service at lower prices, that kind of thing, right? So the value is better. So if you can help a company, you're helping every single employee and their friends 
the CEO and the clients and all of their friends have better lives. So as a performer, I can entertain a room of 3000 people for an hour. They're distracted from their problems. They forget all their issues. They laugh, have a good time. And that is a noble pursuit. Having said all that, at the end of the show, they go right back to all their problems. Right. Or I could share the psychological techniques that I've used to go from being a poor kid growing up in a trailer park to being a world traveling, high paid corporate consultant. Okay. What, how did you do that? Well, here you go. Here's how it works. Now the business is better. I've helped orders of magnitude more people through time than if I could do a show every day, all day long. Right. Less energy spent. <laughs> right. Right. And, and it's easier and it pays better. Right. So were <laughs> why you wouldn't I do that? Right. Exactly. Were you basically doing the biggest sale of your life selling yourself? Because I can imagine there was like skeptics, like he's a what he's going to, he's a magician and he's going to come into our business scene and try. I mean, there had to have been people that were like, what, what is this about? Exactly. Which is the value of communication skills. Right. And, and this is especially a trap that most tech entrepreneurs fall into, which is talking about what something is versus what it can do. Here's mm. this feature. Here's that feature. I've made this feature. Okay, cool. I don't understand how any of that helps me. Right. I, I don't, I don't care if they talk benefit first, they go, this helps you make more money. Okay. You have my attention. How by feature. Oh, okay. I get it. Right. So yeah. if if I talk about myself the way I want to talk about myself, I'll talk about how I love cats and and <laughs> I'm a painter. Like, okay, I don't I don't care, right? Right. But right. if if I can communicate what I can do in terms of how it helps you, suddenly you're interested. Right. Oh yeah. I can help you land if if I helped your business land one percent more of your clients, what would that translate to in terms of profitability to your business oh right. that'd be an extra hundred million dollars cool i can do that what how <laughs> teaching your sales team to be more effective by using communication skills that i've used across the world to be more persuasive influential and uh, charming well yeah but then you have to there's a fine line because charming can slide into that um greasy <laughs> Exactly. You know, the, yeah, exactly. people don't like that. They don't want the to people like that give. Doing... Yeah, that give sales a, a bad reputation and it right. eats me up inside. So here's the better way to do it. How about you genuinely care about your clients and potential clients and weed out everybody that's not a perfect fit for you? It's learning how to sell with integrity of thinking, speaking and acting in perfect alignment with can I help you? And if not. Who do I know who can help you? That's awesome. To, knowing what a people person you are, did you suffer greatly? <laughs> <laughs> did you have a tough time during COVID? I didn't. Not at all. I'm, I'm extraordinarily introverted. And On you a like scale be... of 1 to 10, I'm 12. It is exhausting to be around people, but being <laughs> around people is how I get paid. So, you know, I've learned to enjoy it. And yeah. if, if I'm going to do this anyway, might as well have fun with it. But it's exhausting for me to be around people. So 
this this week is is crazy for me. Next week, I'm going to be at a conference all week and then uh, fly out from Denver to Detroit for a college engagement that Saturday, then fly home Sunday. Then I've got the little munchkin uh, while my wife goes to a conference. And then I won't talk to anybody else for like a week and a half. And it'll be great. You're looking because, forward to it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, my gosh. How was it dating when you were first dating your wife and she knew what you did and stuff? Was she, <laughs> did she think you were, you were trying to read her mind and stuff? That's guys- really funny because uh, I don't think I'm talking out of turn, but one of her friends advised her to be very careful. You're dating a professional liar. He's going to be lying to you. And, and my wife was like, Oh, what? He's going to trick me into great communication skills. Like I'm having a great time. Like he's, he's delightful. He's wonderful. He's, he's extraordinarily forthright. And, and uh, it's, it's great. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And you wrote a book too. Tell me about your book really quick. I did. Uh, it's called think like a mind reader. Um, so I've worked at hundreds and hundreds of colleges through the years and talking to college students afterwards to get a lot of the same questions about like, how did you make a living doing this? What? (laughs) Yeah, right. So I, I'm so far outside the standard social narrative of go to college to get good grades, to get a good job, to retire with benefits. And I get lots of questions about imagination, creativity, logic, reason, all those kind of mind skills. So I crammed 15 years worth of lessons I've learned on and off stages, in and out of boardrooms, all that kind of stuff, crammed it into 260 pages. And that's the book. And one of the the neatest parts about it, from my viewpoint, is that the book itself has sneaky stuff built into it that help you use the book to read your friends' minds or to make it look like you can read their minds. Right. And and when you first try it, it'll be clunky and you'll try it on your family and it won't work. Then (laughs) then then it will technically work, but it will just be puzzling to them. And then you'll get better at it until they go, instead of how did you do that? They'll just be like, how did you know that? And that process is the process of becoming a better communicator which is ultimately the fundamental lesson that I'm trying to get across. You can't do that with a PDF version of the book. So you can't buy a digital version of the book physical only because I don't want to rob readers of the biggest lesson that it can teach you. Oh, that's awesome. Have you ever been booed on stage? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, how, oh, how Lord, do you yes. bounce back from that? I want your your good advice that you could pass on to people that because a lot of people are scared to get in front of people just for that reason, or even to be on social media for mm-hmm. that reason. So yep. what's some advice that you would give to help oh. people from that? Oh, Lord, uh, that that whole story is like a 45 minute story in <laughs> and of itself. Um, <laughs> the, the weird thing is, is that it was in front of a room full of 1,200 to 2,000 people who could all book me for shows. And they booed me. Oh. Okay. So it wasn't just a bad show. Had I done great, I would have been set for the next three or four years right. worth of shows. Right. And I got booed by all of them. Oh, my okay? God. The takeaway, though, was that... <laughs> 
my agent called all of those people because that's literally her job. Mm-hmm. And and then they go, oh, Jonathan, he sounds familiar. <gasps> he must have done a great job. Yeah, let's let's book him for a tour through South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the name recognition that got me the booking, not the reason for why they remembered my name. Because they oh, didn't remember that. why they remembered my name. Just that I sounded familiar, like a callback to that worksheet. <laughs> cheating. Right, right. It was exactly the same thing. Oh, he sounds familiar. I must have liked him. Yeah, sure. Let's bring <laughs> him out. And that's when I became bulletproof. Like, good luck touching me because I've been through the fires of the crucible and I got booked. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that definitely boosts your confidence. It's yeah, so it freed tough. me from the concern of being good. Well, how do you tell your your people, your salespeople to keep pursuing when they are getting rejected by, you know, people that are like not wanting their services? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you help them with that? It's it's the Zen koan of be a hundred percent engaged with the process of helping them and zero percent attached to the outcome okay. of that process. I like that. Well, what you're doing is really, it's interesting. I love the spin that you've put on it because you're still getting to do what you enjoy just in a different way. Right. That, and that's really it. What, what I like to share with folks is that whatever weird you are, be louder about it. And then you start getting paid for it. It's awesome. Well, yeah, because we need more authentic people out there. Everybody's just trying to clone each other and it's just annoying. <laughs> right. Be that that polished, bland corporate speak, ensuring that the only people you'll work with are automata robots themselves, which right. sounds like a nightmare to me. So yeah, be loud, be yourself. It drives away people and it attracts people. Cool. It's the people yeah. you want to work with. Yeah. So what what's next for you? Do you have um, another book in you or do you have more plans that way? Or do you still do magic on the side? I, I still do a lot of performing and engagement and the performing leads into the sales training, leads into the negotiation skills, leads into trade show help, which leads into performing. So it's kind of like a company brings me in to be their conference entertainment, like the end of show entertainer. Then they go, well, that was so much fun. Could you MC for next year? Yeah, sure. And then the sales director, really cool. Could you teach my sales team to be more engaging and and uh, land more deals? You bet. So everything I do feeds into itself. And yeah. if I get if I get brought on for one thing, I inevitably start doing the other four things that I could help them with. Yeah. Um, but the next thing for me, I think, is to write the sales book that explains the processes I use on stage to make people think I could read their minds. Uh-huh. Which which help salespeople understand their clients better so that they do a better job of helping them. That's great because nobody wants to feel like they're getting swindled or, you know, somebody's trying to come in and take advantage of them. So exactly. if they seem like they're really in for your best interest, that's the best case scenario. Yep, that's it. Oh, that's great. Um, well, go ahead and promote yourself or I, if you need to. I don't even think you need to. <laughs> Sounds like you're pretty much promoted. But if you want to tell people where they can find you, if they want to find you on social media or whatever. Well, thank you. The The best place to go is uh, ICanReadMinds.com and MillionDollarMindReader.com will both take you to my website. 
where you can sign up for my weekday emails where I'm sharing stories from the road, psychological insights for sales and solopreneurship and all that kind of stuff. And I'm most active on, on Twitter. Um, and I do at least one new video on YouTube a week. So if you like the, the video approach where I'm sharing lessons and stuff, you can subscribe there. Awesome. And if you get a chance, seriously, try and find that clip of the the magic store that Pee Wee Herman goes into because I think you got you it. Love it. <laughs> I'm I'm I it's on my list of things to do. <laughs> well, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time. You're obviously a busy person, but you are just a delight. So sweet and down to earth. And I just I can see why people are seeking you out. So thank you so much. And um, I'll be in touch. My pleasure, Don. It's a uh, always an honor and a privilege to be able to share my thoughts. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>